Hello, and welcome to episode 9 of Locomotive. I'm here, Bianca-less. I'm without Bianca. Bianca's on a cruise. She's somewhere in Mexico right now, and I think she's doing alright. I haven't heard from her in a couple hours. We're speaking today with Clover Mills, who's a collage artist and a multimedia artist and a poet, um, a lot of things, someone I've known for a while. Um, one of the first uh, interviews I did for Slug Magazine, well, not one of the first, but I interviewed Clover back in like 2018, I want to say, and now here we are. Uh, Bianca had assigned me that piece at that time, so it's kind of a full circle interview for us to be here. And we get into a lot of stuff, like collage work, and community, and crediting artists, and how you do that in collaging. There's a lot to dig into. It's a bit of a longer episode, so I'm just going to go ahead and let it play. You can follow us online at Locomotive Podcast, and I think that's everything. So I'll get out of the way. Here's our interview with Clover Mills. Hi, I'm Clover Mills. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I am a collage artist and poet. I also do other things <laughs> like stream and moderate for other streamers. And uh, I'm an engineer and a death doula as well. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. I immediately want to ask you about that. <laughs> I kind of forgot that you were doing that. Yeah, I don't talk about it much on social media because it's like... One, I don't like social media, but two, it's such an intimate thing. I have a really hard time being a social media personality around it. Yeah, it's probably for the best. I think so. I think so. I feel like in this day and age where you do see a lot of social media marketing over things that are that personal, intimate, yeah. it's really hard to um, distinguish like the uh, genuineness when, when it's, you know, around that. So it's really yeah. cool to hear that you're, you give it that respect, you know, it deserves. And just, I don't want to just step away from that. What it, Can you describe, like, what it is being a death doula? Yeah. Um, so a death doula, if you've heard of a birth doula or a midwife, it's essentially the same thing, but for the opposite end of life. Um, so assisting people in the various ways they may need, um, either at the end of their life or at the beginning of a terminal diagnosis or really any point in a terminal diagnosis. Um, I think, like, really my responsibility as a death doula is to understand death and grief and how it works in this country, society, culturally, um, economically for people. I really want to get into that. <laughs> I feel like we could do like three episodes with you. Yeah. <laughs> a three-parter. I mean, I can talk a lot. <laughs> so we are here to talk about specifically your collage art. Yes. And I would love to hear from you, What? how would you define collage art? Yeah, um, I would say... It's pasted, mixed media. I don't even want to restrict it just to paper because even I use way more than paper in my collage art. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just pasted media, <laughs> mixed media, okay. if I describe it. And why do you love it so much? Um, I well, I've always been sort of a creative person and have always had a desire to express myself visually. 
Um, and what I like about collage art is I can do it with anything. I don't have to learn how to paint. Uh, respect, mad respect to the painters, but it, it, painting's hard. I don't know how to draw. I'm not good at drawing. I don't find learning about drawing, like, engaging. So for me, I like collage because I'm like, okay, so I can kind of, like, build something with materials that already exist, which I feel is, like, my strong suit. Um, and I also found it kind of like challenging in that way too, because if you're using art or magazine pieces, it's kind of like the completed piece is already presented to you. Um, and it's kind of an interesting challenge to kind of break things down into their components and, and create something new from that. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's what I like about it. So you're still able to do that physical you know, media or art piece, like visual art and express yourself without forcing yourself into a medium that doesn't feel right for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and collage art isn't the only way you express yourself. You also do poetry. And I know you as a poet originally. How long have you been doing both art forms? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been writing forever. Um, like, basically ever since I knew how to write, I started writing, like, short stories, and, and, like, I would write comedy bits, uh, that I would read to no one. (laughs) 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 Um, and so I've always, I always enjoyed that, and then I started writing poetry specifically because of an English project I had in the fifth grade. I had to write a whole bunch of different types of poems, um, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And everybody was like, you're so good at this. And I was like, interesting. Mm-hmm. And because I was in fifth grade and right at that cusp of, of just emotional uh, whirlwinds mm-hmm. <laughs> with like uh, adolescence, um, it just became a really easy medium for me to kind of express myself through. Um, and then I started doing, I mean... If you've seen any of my really old zines, you, you've probably seen that I was experimenting with visual art um, with the words themselves and playing with that placement. And so I think that kind of, and and in like my zines that I would make and things like that, I would be making digital collages all of the time. And I first started sharing my poetry online through like glitch art um, on Tumblr. And so uh, in that way, I had already been experimenting in small ways with 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 visual mediums but uh then during the pandemic at the beginning of it I really needed something to do that wasn't in front of a screen mm-hmm. um and something that I could like think while I was doing it and not be like so full body mind engaged in something um, cause obviously there's so much going on at the time and just in my personal life as well, um, that I needed to process and I couldn't do it through words at the time. And so I picked up art journaling, which has just sort of like evolved <laughs> into me calling myself a collage artist. So yeah. that's interesting. I feel like, um, like, I've also always relied on words to be my method of expression, but I think I've gone long periods where I felt like I wasn't able to process stuff because of what you're describing, where it's like, that just feels so intense. And, yeah. like, a lot of the times, even if you're doing something that's, like, kind of abstract, it can still feel, just, like, by the nature of words, can feel a little bit more literal. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. And I think just the freer, more, like, abstract nature of 
like pulling a bunch of different stuff together and, and trying to make it into something cohesive just at the time was really helpful for mm-hmm. my processing because I didn't have to do so much of the, I guess, workup process because like with writing, you're pulling from so much and yeah. and sometimes even there's like research involved and it can feel... Uh, I guess maybe a bit more administrative sometimes yeah. than like I'm needing if I just like am trying to understand mm-hmm. my state of mind. Yeah, I totally feel that. There's some. There are a lot of times when I'm writing a piece and I'm like, yes, I'm being creative and artistic right now. And there's times where I'm like, this is homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really interesting how those emotions can wax and wane with words when with a visual like piece of art it typically doesn't feel that way yeah unless you have like a prompt or something that you have to follow yeah exactly well I wonder uh like I think there's an element too of when you work with a medium for a long time it starts to carry like the history of you working with that yeah do you feel like that's true definitely um definitely because I think especially with poetry it's really easy to kind of like start writing in a certain style. Yeah. Um, and I have so- felt like sort of an attachment to the certain writing styles I've um, used throughout the years. But I think what I've learned is I'm a young artist and still sort of like solidifying my voice. And so even though there there are times where I feel like, ah, I used to write better. Like I used to be able to write more minimal poetry, more metaphorical poetry than I do now. And sometimes I feel like that's like a skill loss, but I'm working on sort of acknowledging that it just, I'm growing into my own voice instead of borrowing from so many other people. Mm. It's so interesting when you're refining a method or a skill like that, how in your head you can get. Yeah. And how it can become not necessarily tainted, but there's there's just so many more layers with the time that goes that you're just like, is this something I learned and maybe I can use it, but should I? Like, should yeah. I let this thing go that I learned about? Like, maybe it was just a stepping stone to get to the next thing that I wanted to learn about this medium. Yeah. Um, so I think it can, there's points with um, expression through different mediums where, like, maybe a purge of certain parts of things that you've learned is necessary to purify like what you want to say and do yeah um so yeah I just thought that I, <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere with it but <laughs> no it's good conver- add to the conversation I think uh it's interesting to hear you um talk about like your history up to this point because it does feel like you've had a lot of like layers interacting with different mediums to get to this point where you were doing a lot of meshing together yeah I do. I've I've kind of always felt that way too. I made a joke a while ago that um, I structure my poems like collages, and my collages like poems. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's beautiful. And because to me, they're like the same thing. A lot of the things that I do are fundamentally, I think, the same. Mm. Um, but it's just they're able to access different things like I reach people with with readings in a different way than I reach them with my visual art and I think just like meshing the two together kind of I think it's always important for me to feel like I'm human in what I'm doing and so bringing the two together and in the ways that I've sort of like 
always been a bit of a collage artist with the way that I mess around with, with um, the literal construction of poems. I think, um, just like now actually doing both, giving myself space and time for both makes me feel like, yeah, because I think visually, but I also think like in, in words as well, and I think those are different styles of communication. You can get different things across better and in a visual way than you could in with words or words sometimes just have all the context in a way that like a, a, a visual piece can't. Um, so I think holding both has just been important for me as a human and an artist. And in that way too, you were able to incorporate that storytelling in that, in your visual art. Yeah. And so this does actually segue me into another question, um, which was, what are some of the favorite stories you've told through your pieces? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest, I, I think the one I'm most proud of and the one I really like sat down intending to tell a story to do was my last piece uh, for the sister uh, show uh, Radical Joy um, this past month. Um, and... That, to me, is my favorite because I had, like, I've really been spending the better part of the past year um, doing, like, a lot of my own just, like, independent research on history and um, just really digging into just the Black American tradition of writing um, ever, like, literally ever since uh, we could... And so digging into history and the tradition of, of black writing here, really exposing myself to a lot of different ideas and thoughts and engaging with like critical essays and uh, reading a lot of different poetry and engaging with different Afrofuturist work. Um, and I've sort of been... I mean, not just in, in an art way, but also in my own personal life, trying to contribute more substance, more like value, I guess, in in, in the, the things that I do. Like, it's great to make a, a pretty piece of art, but I think I wanted to say something about what I had been observing and what I'd been learning and... I guess my hopes for the future, and so I would call this an Afrofuturist piece. I, it's called "We Find Water," and essentially, the thought behind it was, what if we could do space exploration? What if we could find like a real home? And by I should specify by we, I because it's an Afrofuturist piece. I specifically focused on Black and Indigenous people what that could look like for us and I was also thinking about how like historically descendants of slaves have made like gardens out of like literal deserts and um and not even just descendants of enslaved people but like descendants of the people who escaped the slave ships um descendants of people all across the African diaspora um uh, there are just so many examples of um, just continuing to live. And that's kind of why I called it We Find Water is because, like, you can't make a, you can't, you know, cultivate a garden without water. Um, and I don't know of anywhere 
black people have lived on this planet where they like don't make something work and don't make joy and don't create art and um don't like they always keep pushing towards like liberation um and that was that's just something that's really important to me and i think something to keep in mind um in such a complicated and difficult time and so i just wanted to make a sort of like utopian expression of space exploration through collage describe the piece visually what does it look like it's it's a mixed media piece on a crate on a wooden cradle panel and so it's majority black at the bottom um it's sort of like a perspective so at the bottom of the piece like maybe the bottom third of the piece is a picture of the surface of mars um and on that surface of mars there's a couple different figures that i cut out from some paintings by black artists and um there's also i'm trying to think of what else was on there at the top of my head um to the left side of the piece there's um some animals from the from the exercise. right this is uh from the um wetlands in I want to say southeastern U.S. It's really hard for me to remember um, all the details. Because there's sort of that desert motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some, like, desert elements throughout it. And then, you know, at the top left corner of the piece, there's another picture of Mars that's from a farther out picture. And it also has two of Mars's moons that I can't remember the name of. One is Phobos, and I don't remember the other. Should have had a cool name like Phobos. Right? Honestly. Um, But sort of like on top of Mars, I have some transparent images of uh, various whales and dolphins. Um, That's significant because dolphins and whales will migrate across the entire planet with all types of other species of animals with them um and i think just in general their forms of communication um their resiliency in the ocean uh they're uh, they create pods they're very like collective animals even beyond their own species i thought that that was really special and important imagery to include there's also there's a lunar lander on the surface of mm-hmm. Mars as well, and I replaced the American flag with the Pan-African flag. <laughs> um, and uh, there's also some satellites going yeah. around in space, and I have various stamps from um, different places in, in, the diaspora, in the African diaspora, um, and also some... Um, flowers both like actual pressed flowers as well as like images of like pansies and things sort of scattered about in the empty space um as like you know my little other planets (laughs) to explore um I hope I did an okay job explaining that. (laughs) It's matching up with my memory. I have a um, question based on hearing you um, kind of explicate those elements. This is a dynamic that I think is true of all art mediums, but um, I guess I'm curious, specific to collage art, 
because you are drawing from like explicit, like prefabricated, I guess you could say, like complete works of art to then draw and build upon your own, um, and those things having meaning, um, and because they are coming from complete things, uh, the viewer isn't necessarily going to to pick up on those things just by glancing. I mean, a lot of the things that you're um, describing, I feel like, are either um, made explicit in some way, or you can um, intuit them, or they're intimated, or they do just sort of feel like part of the soul of the piece, but yeah. I didn't even think about, like, the idea that, you know, dolphins are migrating across the planet with, with other species. Like, those sort of details that feel like they're important to you, yeah. how do you um, feel about how people are going to interact with those sorts of details? Yeah. Um, I think part of it is accepting that maybe people won't notice or won't really spend the time with the piece to kind of like, well, okay, well, what does each element of this mean? I think part of that is just like, people don't really get collage art in the same way that they get a painting, which I think makes sense. And so I think a lot of times people are looking at it like the same way they would engage with a painting and not necessarily like, well, does the media use mean something in this case? And I think a lot of the times it does, not just in my own art, but obviously in the art of many other collage artists. Um, <clears throat> so I, I know that maybe people won't pick up on everything. And something I'm working on is talking about my art on my own platforms so that at least giving people the option if they want to dig in more to the symbolism but I think it's always like that perpetual balance artists are trying to strike between like okay how much do I tell you and potentially like influence your experience of this piece versus like do I just throw this out in the world and hope people get it um I kind of struggle with throwing out in the world and hoping people get it because I'm a poet and I'm like and I'm like but I can explain it to you (laughs) um but I if I remember correctly there's a um music staff in it too with yeah. like a piece of music or sheet music yeah which I feel like is a kind of element that um, at least for me when I was looking at it, it sort of helped jolt me out and rem- remind me that like I'm not looking at a painting I'm looking at things that are being put to, like I'm looking at a collage yeah yeah I think that's why the negative space in the piece is really important for me to maintain mm. typically my collages are like I've had them described as I spy puzzles, which I absolutely adore as a description. Um, that's incredible for me because I used to love the I spy books just aesthetically. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really cool. But I think when you have all of those elements on a page, I think especially because it's a 12 by 12. Or don't, <laughs> no, it's a 24 inch by 24 inch panel. Um, it's, it's pretty big and I knew it could be like really overwhelming. And um, I, that's why I think the negative space is important because it kind of gives pause to what you're looking at and chances mm. to kind of like really think about the individual elements. Mm. So, do you feel like uh, collage art is something that you know is gaining more traction and getting more eyes on it? Um, because I, I, I will admit, I probably I I was part of those people that you described like that don't get it initially and and what changed for me in that was definitely like hearing you talk about it and I was like whoa this means a whole different thing to me now and now that I look at it it's like telling it I'm hearing a story yeah and so I just wonder like 
how much of that dialogue is going to now be part of the conversation in yeah. order to guide people to understand the meaning behind collage art and like what what significance it can hold in the potential there. Yeah. So I wonder how you feel about that. Yeah. Um, I would say collage art is growing and, and gaining in popularity. Um, just like in my own casual observance of the medium, I've seen so many like younger artists popping up i've seen people doing collage art with like watercolor paintings they've made or like color pencil paintings they've made and um like moving beyond the very safe realm of like magazines and like national geographic right (laughs) and like really expanding and and um I don't know, pulling in all these different elements, whether they make them themselves or if they're finding them. And I think in that way, I want to say it's growing because I feel like collage has previously had like a very like, uh, at least in like an art, art consideration. Um, it's kind of treated like an, a craft, like a little arts and craft project or um, like if anybody's known for collage art, it's probably a French guy. Yeah, French guys. (laughs) So it's like, but now I like, when I think of collage, those are not the people or things that I think about. I'm really thinking about just like this really beautiful, expansive genre that is accessible to anybody. Because like I said, you don't need to know how to draw and you don't need to know how to paint. Um, You don't even need to buy anything really to do collage art. Um, because paper media is all over the place and glue sticks are like three dollars in, in inflation times probably. <laughs> it used to be a dollar. Right. But um yeah, so I think it in that way it makes and I think a lot of people had a similar idea as I did um during the pandemic where like I need something to do mm-hmm. and I need a different way to express myself. Um so I'm hoping that we'll see more collage art pop up in galleries and things like that because people are doing some really incredible things with it, especially with the addition of technology improvements. Like sometimes I see collages and I'm surprised they're not paintings. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like mind blowing what can be done with the medium. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said um, you articulated that it is accessible to all. Um, because I feel like that is something that also isn't talked about enough in the art world is the accessibility to, uh, materials, um, and, and the value of high quality materials and how that adds value to your piece. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so I think that is something that should, you know, be vocalized more is like this medium is accessible to all and it's also sustainable yeah <laughs> yeah because I'm working on my segues <laughs> no that was genius um yeah it's all about reusing and recycling things that already exist um and uh that's something that I think is really important and really beautiful about the medium like when I was first collecting materials the things I went with were secondhand magazines and antique like catalogs and and advertisements um things people don't really care about but like it costed resources to make those things um and somebody put time and energy and effort into taking those photos or the copy or 
um, the design of, of it. The things I use in my collages are the sorts of things that sit on bookshelves and, like, collect dust and are purely there for, like, the sake of accumulating some media objects, right? And so I also incorporate, like, literal trash from my own life. Um, it's, I, listen, I call it, <laughs> I call it research, I call it resource collecting, but at the end of the day, I'm hoarding trash. <laughs> um... But to me, that trash isn't going to a landfill. It's becoming um, its own little world. And something I'm really obsessed with is I'm trying to find ways to make like closed loop art, um, so that there's just abs- nothing goes in the trash when I'm done with an art piece. That's what I'm trying to sort of like work towards, primarily as an experiment and not as a sustainable practice because I use glue. I'm going to have to throw something away. I use glue. Like, it's going to happen. Unless you do a sculpture of all your little sticks. Right. But then you have to use glue to put that together, so I guess that doesn't work. It's, like, inevitable that something is going to have to get thrown away eventually. (laughs) But I do think it would be interesting. What if I used every last material that I have um, instead of sort of falling into that I think art supply accumulation trap that can happen when you work with multiple mediums. Mm -hmm. Um... I like beyond doing collage art and poetry like I I'm just a crafty person so there's lots of crafts that I do and that means that over my lifetime I've accumulated so much stuff but it's all usable it's it's great stuff um I have them for a reason because I saw it and I'm like I want to make something with this um and so it's really important for me to be like let me sit down and make something with this and sort of remove the the consumption and excessiveness from my art Um, because as an artist like I'm recording things and I'm I'm solidifying my future for my my vision for the future and working towards contributing to the world that I want to live in and I think part of that is like well I don't want to live in like this consumerist wasteful hellscape where um, everything is made and everything gets thrown away and none of it matters um, I think if I can incorporate that value into my art, then, um, maybe it's telling more of a complete story for me. Let's talk about what community means to you and what does that mean to your art process and your development? I would say like community is maybe the reason why I'm doing any of this still, um, cause like I said, I've always been writing and making silly little things. I just always kept them to myself mm-hmm. and never really, I didn't consider it as like an avenue for connection to other people. Um, and so when I moved away from home and was an adult and everything, I thought about how I have like these two very like divorced parts of my life. Like I, there's this person I am to everybody else, and then I have like this secret creative world that I post about anonymously on my Tumblr, and that's it. And sometimes I get troll comments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that was my relationship with art, and um, I think I wanted it to be more than that because I, it was at a time where I was feeling like especially socially and like emotionally isolated. So I decided, oh, why not share this with people that I know? And then that expanded into people I don't know. I mean, community has been so fundamental in so many ways. Like, I wouldn't 
I would have never shown people the weird little things I did with my with my poetry structuring if I hadn't had a friend tell me that there was like something in it, like there was something that touched them about it, right? And you know that same friend was the first person to get me to show my poetry visually in a in a show. And if they hadn't done that, like I wouldn't ever have felt the confidence that I feel to or I felt to like release scenes and actually do gallery shows with my collage art now which I've been really lucky to be a part of too. Uh, the reason why I was able to show in those galleries is because of community-based collective who has known like they're members of it that have known and worked with me in the past. My artist development has been sort of like a collective uh, process because there are so many people that I've known personally and not personally that like have really helped me and, and shown up for me. I remember like I don't know if you remember Vague Space, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but if we ignore everything else about that space and but that was like one of the biggest readings I ever did, um, and it and I remember that show. yeah and like people walked up to me after and were like talking about just their similar life experiences to things I had expressed and or you know um, people explaining to me that I helped them articulate something that they've been struggling with for a while like I that's like the reason why I'm doing it right like like any time that I, I've gotten to do a show or you know shared my work online and people spread it because they because it touches them and um that touches me as well um especially as a person who has like lived in such isolation for so long like had a very lonely childhood like um and everything like I think like as a person as an artist I think there's something really um special and powerful about people showing up for you in that way and not even just for me but also for themselves and for the sake of the space that we're all sharing together that has resulted in some of the most meaningful connections of my life um whether it was just that like one interaction or like a friendship now and um I think like you know the times that I've tabled I've found opportunities because people just like shot it my way uh, because people believed in me and because of the way that I show up in spaces. Um, I think, like, the art, I make it, but it's not really, like, about me. Like, at least when I when I cross that threshold of sharing it with other people, um, it's no longer about me. It's, it's about, like, our collective experience and what, like, meaning we create together for that piece. And, um... You know, something I, I think about a lot is, like, we're kind of, like, accustomed to treating each other kind of poorly or treating each other as if we're, like, disposable or temporary or, or like... competitively. Yeah, it. yeah, there's a ton of competition in art. You know. And I think it kind of distracts from the heart of why any of us are, are making in the first place and why we're even able to create... Um, just beyond people wanting to hear and see my work, but also paying me to do it, is, like, it, no artist does their art thing by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, e- like, like even the, the greatest artists, the artists that we know internationally, 
we know them and they're great because they have people behind them lifting them up and supporting them like every step of the way like um uh <laughs> i'm gonna connect beyonce <laughs> to the cubism movement so just <laughs> hell yeah <I> <laughs> so just <laughs> sit with me for a minute like beyonce I think one of the greatest performers living, probably one of the greatest performers of all time, just based off of skill. She has like these incredible, orchestrated, immersive performances because she literally has hundreds of people helping her behind the scenes. Like she employs hundreds of people. A lot of the beginnings of her career were supported by community and like family um, and, and people chipping in to help with the things that she couldn't do herself, right? That's a very generalized sort of summary of it. But then I think at the same time, a a poet I really enjoy is Gertrude Stein. And um, she was around during Cubism and in Pablo Picasso's time. And obviously there's a whole bunch of issues with the way, with the appropriation of uh, African diasporan art, um, as well as the exploitation of black and indigenous women. But, but... (laughs) But the reason why we know, like, Pablo Picasso and Gertrude Stein and, like, T.S. Eliot is because Gertrude Stein had, like, a parlor full of artists of all different sorts of mediums that could come through freely and discuss with each other and disagree with each other and contribute to each other's projects. And that created, like, a global art movement. And I just think, like... uh, Anything that's been done, that's made a change, has been done because there's, like, a community, a collective of people behind it that believe in that thing. Even the terrible things that happen, even like all of the oppressive, awful things that have been happening, that's happening because there's a collective organizing around it. And um, I think it's important that we do that we do try to build community with each other and reach out to each other and sort of like be conscious of what we're bringing into a space and kind of like the space we're helping to create. Because I think we have it come together in all the ways that we need to, to make things better, to make things safer, to make things more equitable and accessible. Um, We kind of, it's like, I think especially here, it's like friend groups and not, and and not breaking out of the friend group into like a wider community. Um, and I see a lot of different groups and, and collectives that have like been building that momentum over the years, and I think it's coming together. Like um, at least I see it coming together now in Salt Lake in this really gorgeous way. Like there are people who were like so on so opposite social circles that I know, like two years ago, like artists, um, <clears throat> not two years ago, but like seven years ago, that were totally disparate social circles that now work together, that now know each other, that have been in shows together, that have they've connected and their their friend groups have connected and it's like I've and I know Salt Lake City is small so we kind of benefit in this way but I mean sometimes I'll find out that a friend I've known for five years has suddenly just become friends with somebody else and I think that's a really beautiful thing that is a lot of work on the part of the people that are here trying to make this like a warmer friendlier um place Mm -hmm. uh I think, like, obviously there are still issues, but just I notice the more we move towards community, like, genuine community building, genuinely, like, what are people asking for? What do people need? Like, um, I think 
I don't know, I, I believe in the power of that to bring us together for more important things as well. Mm. Not just art, but like body autonomy, um, workers' rights, mm. like uh, just uh, I think in fighting any systems of oppression, I think just if we can see the common humanity in each other, find that like common language. I don't know, I, I feel like it's everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, I was reading something about um, collective action and solidarity that was making this argument that when it comes time, when you really need solidarity for like the meaningful, practical movements in our lives, you need to. You can't. It can't just come out of nowhere. You need to have um, worked together with yeah. people. Like you need to have like solidarity isn't just like something you decide that you have with somebody. I mean, it can be, but also it's really, the foundation of it is strengthened and it like really becomes what it can be when you are like in the trenches with other people and you need to find some way in that you can work with other people. Yeah. So I like that conception of art making as being a way of like being in the trenches with other people and like forming community so that when we do need to do that for other reasons, there's some precedent. It's there's like a foundation. It's not just kind of, it's not just like we're <clears throat> trying to conjure it because we feel like we should. Yeah, because we're in crisis. Right. Yeah. yeah. What I really enjoyed about the sister show specifically, um, this last one, because of a lot of the things that you're saying, you know, it describes what the sister collective is doing, right? Mm-hmm. And what I noticed too is like there's this normalizing of being able to help each other with their mediums and like teaching each other technical skills and the yeah. better ways to do it or like cheaper more accessible ways to do things yeah like for example when i turned my piece in like they responded to me and they're like this is how you can do these other things like they literally were like girl let's help you out and i'm yeah. just like thank you like this yeah. is so great because otherwise i would you know other there's been so many instances in participating in art shows where i i definitely have like terrible social anxiety yeah. so when I participate in, in, in artist groups or creative groups like that, I just feel like I can't um, just jump in easily like that unless yeah. I know someone, but even then it's, like, still really hard. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when I get those connections or, like, just that communication, like, for me, that translates really well because I'm, I'm just such a technical person yeah. that I'm like, cool, we're working on something together? Great. I'm feeling like I'm bonding. And so, and I feel like a lot of times sharing those technical skills, and I see this online a lot, is, like, not cool, right? Yeah. And I, like, people are always constantly messaging or, like, commenting on people's videos or photos or things like that, being like, oh, what what medium did you use and like people will just not say or, yeah. or like well, you all, keep that you yeah. all the time are very concerned that someone has done an idea you've had before because yes. you feel like you're going to get in trouble mm. yeah I'm very afraid of that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, every yeah and, and, and that's another thing too that I've noticed is changing for me my fears are like definitely like if I have an idea I always like run it by Parker because I'm just like, did someone do this before? And this feels familiar, but I don't know if this is just my idea or like maybe I'm, you know, like mm. it, maybe I saw this and then forgot that I saw this somewhere and now I'm, you know, yeah, that happens so common. Yeah, so. That, it happens a lot, but that's 
Not that it actually turns out, but that you have that fear. I definitely have that fear. And that's coming from, like, just the years and years of, like, always getting mad at each other and calling each other out on the internet for, like, things like that that aren't... I think calling each other out on the internet has its uses. Yeah. But... um, I think credit is important. Yeah. Credit. And and all of that. And and definitely. Um, Yeah. But there's also this, like, change that I've noticed where it's, like, if something is similar or if you're using a similar medium, like, people are, instead of being, like, annoyed, are, like, yeah, like, sharing it and, like, being supportive. And I think that does so much because it helps people (laughs) with terrible social anxiety and, like, all that stuff, like me, to be continue doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, so that's another important part about community that I've been seeing lately that it's just, like, it's, like, it, it breaks my heart that it hasn't, that it's taking so long for that, those um, connections and that uh, wanting to support each other to happen, but I'm so glad it is happening yeah. because it's changing people's lives. It is yes. like saving people because art can save people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think seeing people really embrace, like, even though you maybe have a similar aesthetic to somebody or use a similar medium or kind of, you know, working from the same reference points, like, I think there's a lot more tolerance these days and a lot more appreciation these days for what is different or what, like, this specific person is trying to do or say in a way that we haven't seen before, which is really beautiful. And a lot more sharing of knowledge. Yes. Um, You know, TikTok has its problems, but I think it's definitely encouraged people to share their process in a way that they haven't before. And I learned so much from hearing about other artists' processes and, like, both technical and, you know, mentally what their process is. And I think the more, I think, like, this podcast is a part of that too, right? Which is, I think, is really beautiful to see um, happening more. Especially, like, as a person who I don't know how to navigate grants, I don't really understand how to make money from art, I don't always feel comfortable performing and and putting myself on a stage so it's kind of like it's been really really helpful to be able to get that information in other ways where you don't have to like have such a close relationship with somebody to really be able to get insight anymore like it's it's easier than it has been I think yeah for someone who's getting started in collage work or who's interested in it what would you say as far as tips or tricks or things you wish you would have known or things you feel like you've learned that um, are hard to glean? Yeah. um, Number one, don't use Elmer's glue. That would be the first step. I'm going to buy me some Elmer's. Yeah. Don't use Elmer's glue. Uh, You can use the stuff in a gold bottle, Mod Podge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just don't use Elmer's glue because you know what happened is that it's just you're going to be able to peel off every layer of your collage. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking. Don't do it to yourself. Um, (laughs) I've had that experience where I like some older collages I made have just like completely Mm -hmm. separated. Mm -hmm. So get an acid free archive friendly glue. You will thank yourself for it. But (laughs) um, maybe more seriously, I would say with collage art, what can be overwhelming about it as a medium is like I said, you're working with like complete pieces or things that were at least finished to their creators and um, I think it's really important to understand what you like 
in 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 art and kind of like what you value in the thing that you're about to rip apart before you rip it apart and mm. i would suggest you really think about just uh, collage is slow mm. um i think at the start and obviously this varies depending on the artist's project process but it's it's kind of a slow process like gathering materials and things like that or really being sure that it's what you want to do so i think if you feel any apprehension about cutting things out or, or putting something down on a page just do it like like just cut it out Put it down on the page. It's paper. You have glue. Like, it's going to be fine. If you don't like the specific cutout, you can put it back together some way. Um, and I think just remembering sort of the flexibility of the medium and, like, the impermanence of it and the fact that, like, it's, like, you can't cover it up like you could a painting, but it's also, like, not quite, you have time to make changes between the time you cut it out and you glue it down. Um, and so I would just embrace the fluidity of the process and really relax into the process um, in a way that I think is not so easy to do, uh, usually, um, because that will make it a lot easier to get a collage done. And if you think it looks ugly, you're probably moving in the right direction. <laughs> 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 so, and connect with other collage artists online um, or in person if you can and um, learn their process. I think there's lots of different processes, tons of different tools that you can use, and it's really about what works for you. And um, I think that's what's been fun about collage is there's, a lots, of, there's lots of experimentation in it. And, um, but yeah, it just really walk into it expecting it to be experimental and um, be sure that if you're trying to say something, you know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think that's really important. That makes the difference, you know, Yeah. between um, that that initial impression of like, this is a beautiful piece of collage work. Like, how fun was it to put this together, you know, yeah. instead of instead of seeing, thinking that and then being like, oh, this is like a story that's being told to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and speaking, we were talking about credit a little bit earlier. Um, is there any type of etiquette for how to credit, like, because you're fi- you're working with found images. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any etiquette? I would imagine it's super, super hard to be like, the flowers are from this smack, you know, like, there's, that, that sounds impossible. But yeah. Is there a form of doing that in any way? Yeah, I think I have, like, my own personal, like, ethics around it. And I, I haven't met a collage artist that doesn't have some ethics around what media they decide to pull from like me personally i have a rule uh if the artist is is if i'm taking work from an art piece mm-hmm. it's going to be old like it's not mm-hmm. it's no longer a contemporary piece mm-hmm. um i think it's really important for me to not steal from living people <laughs> um because they're still alive and they're still trying to say something mm-hmm. and i think it's different if sometimes there are points of inspiration of something somebody did or something somebody said. And mm. I think that that's different. In that case, I, I will credit. But if it's like, oh, I like the way that this painter did the flower, like I'm not going to do that from a living paint, painter. Like it just doesn't feel right for me. Mm. Um, another thing is uh, I, I only use like either found objects or mass produced materials. 
as well so that the artist has the ability to like consent to the fact that their work was published mm. i think consent is like another thing that's really important to me uh because you know i think there's a part of acceptance with publishing your work that like it becomes the world's now as yeah. well and it's not like i'm ripping this work from the artist's website or their yeah. social media like it's important to me that it's published so that's kind of like my ethics around it at the end of the day i am still stealing though so <laughs> so, so i think you know i, I always kind of have to hold hold that and i understand the criticism towards collage artists because of the repurposed medium and it's like you're not really making something but i don't I think that's true. It's like remodeling. <laughs> like it's it's still a house. <laughs> it's <just> a, <laughs> you know, it's just a little different. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was thinking too when I was hearing you talk about the way that you see a new world when you're putting something together and you're telling a story and there's like so much you could say. Have you ever considered like pairing your collage work with writing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, a book would be so cool. Yeah. Or a zine or something. Yeah, it, that's definitely a work in progress, I think. Something that's really important to me is because, you know, there are stories in the work, and my writing is obviously a story within itself. It's like finding the concept that I really want to dial into That's mm. that I've kind of been like, ah, I don't really know yet on, but... Yes, definitely, definitely a future project goal for sure. Okay, cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, you should keep us posted about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I think that brings us to the end. I think we covered everything. Is there anything we missed, do you feel? I don't think so. Okay. I really look up to you for many reasons, so it was really nice to be able to, like, ask you questions and, and learn from you. And I'm excited that our audience can learn from you, too. So thank you for being open to sharing all of that. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really admire you both and just the work that you've done in like amplifying um, just so much of the amazing work that happens here. It's really beautiful to see, not just like obviously with this podcast, but all of the work you've done with all of your writing and your other podcast work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Parker. But Parker's side podcast. <laughs> so what are all your social media accounts? How can people follow your Twitch stream? <laughs> so true. Um, I do stream on Twitch. My Twitch user is Cactus Clo. My website is cloveris.online. So your website, cloverlist.online, yeah. and then your Instagram is at interprismatic. Yeah, I-N-T-E-R, prismatic, one word. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for being on. Thank yeah, you for thank having you so me. Much.